So Bob, what's up, another woman leaving you in the rain? Lisa joked, her voice trying to lighten the heavy atmosphere. But the crime scene ahead of us wasn't one to jest about. I'd gotten a call about another murder victim. I could feel a pit in my stomach. She's not just any victim, Lisa, I said quietly, pointing towards the shadowy alleyway. The rain, relentless and cold, made the scene eerily surreal. The victim, a young woman, lay lifeless. Draped over her was a scarlet cloak, sodden and sticking to her like a second skin. A horrifying realization flickered in my mind. A memory, a tale from long ago. I felt a shiver that wasn't from the cold. As Lisa and I examined the scene, a sense of dread washed over me. I couldn't shake off the familiarity. I felt like I was in a story from my childhood. Suddenly it all came together. The glass casket from the previous case. And now this. The murders weren't random. They were a retelling of old fairy tales. Bob, what's wrong? You look like you've seen a ghost, Lisa's voice cut through my thoughts. I think I know what the killer is trying to do, I said, my voice barely a whisper. He's staging fairy tales. The news of the murders spread like wildfire, each headline stoking the flames of fear and panic in the city's heart. I could almost hear the city's heartbeat, feel its terror. Each tick of the clock was a reminder of the threat looming over us. Bob, Lisa looked at me, her usually cheerful eyes clouded with worry. We need to catch this guy, fast. You're right, Lisa, I nodded, feeling the weight of the city's fear on my shoulders. We will catch him, for them, I pointed at the picture of the victims, and for the city. As we left the crime scene, the city looked different. Each corner, each alley whispered tales of fear. The city needed a hero, and I knew then, more than ever, it was up to me to stop the nightmare. And as we walked away, our silhouettes against the glow of the city lights, I made a silent promise to the city, to its people, and to myself. This tale would have an end and it would not be written by the killer. The hunt had begun. Ready for the hunt, Bob? Lisa's voice brought me back from my thoughts. I looked at her and nodded. The city may have been living in fear, but we were its beacon of hope. Ready as I'll ever be, Lisa, I responded. A grim determination filled us both. We knew we had a long road ahead, but we were ready for the fight. The city was our responsibility, and we would stop at nothing to keep it safe. With the image of the red cloak still seared in our minds, we set off into the night, our resolve stronger than ever. The fairy tale was still being written, but it was time for us to take over the narrative. It was time for the real heroes to step in. Back again so soon. The receptionist at the therapy group looked surprised to see Lisa and me. Just can't get enough of this place, Lisa responded with a tight-lipped smile, trying to maintain a light facade over the dark reality. We had returned with a hunch. The group had some connection to the murders. We entered the meeting room filled with anxious faces. They wore their masks of recovery well, but I could see the cracks. The fear, the secrets, they were all there, hiding behind the laughter and therapy talk. Tell us about the one who left, Lisa asked during a break, trying to keep her voice casual. The one with the stories? A woman, her hands shaking, gave us a startled look. Stories, I asked, my interest piqued. Yeah, fairy tales, he was obsessed with them. Said they were real, that he could live them. We thought it was therapeutic, you know. But then he left, just like that. She shrugged, a shadow passing over her face. But our hopes of finding this missing member were dashed. We learned he had vanished weeks ago. A ghost in the wind. Another dead end. Back at the precinct, the weight of the case began to crush us. The jokes and banter became sparse our bulletin board filled with crime scene photos, notes, and leads that led nowhere. Our suspect was like a phantom, 
always one step ahead. Do you think we're on the wrong track? Lisa asked late one night, the shadows in the room reflecting the doubts in her mind. I don't know, Lisa, I confessed, feeling the pull of despair. But we need to find this guy before he writes another chapter in his fairy tale. As we left the office that night, the city's lights felt less comforting, more like accusing eyes. I could almost hear its silent plea. Save us. We had hit a wall, but we knew we couldn't stop. The tale wasn't over, and neither were we. The hunt was still on, and the big bad wolf was still out there. Would we be in time to save the next Red Riding Hood? Only time would tell. Ever thought of leaving all this behind, Bob? Lisa asked as we shared a meal in a late-night diner. Her eyes were tired, but still full of that spark that made her Lisa. Go live somewhere peaceful, far away from all this madness. I smiled weakly. And let you have all the fun, nah, wouldn't dream of it. She laughed, and for a moment the specter of our chilling case was forgotten. But the moment passed and the reality of our situation came crashing back. We're missing something, Lisa, something crucial, I said, staring at the golden locket we'd found earlier in the previous crime scene. S.W. Who was it? And how did it connect with our fairy tale? A week passed since our talk at the diner. Days filled with relentless searching and nights haunted by the chilling fairy tale unfolding in our city. We had a break-in at the police station, and the only thing missing was the golden locket. The city's fear seemed palpable. I felt the gaze of every citizen, their silent questions. When will it end? When will we be safe again? We needed answers, and we needed them fast. We were working against the clock, and the tick-tock seemed louder with every passing second. I think I've got something. Lisa exclaimed, her face lit up with excitement. She had been tirelessly going through old therapy group session recordings. In one of the tapes, our missing therapy member could be heard talking about his favorite fairy tale, one where a wicked wolf tricked a little girl in a red cloak. The hairs on the back of my neck stood up. That's our guy, I murmured, a glimmer of hope igniting within me. But we still had no idea where he was and who was S.E.W.A. The golden locket was gone, but it still held a clue, I was sure of it. Lisa and I were finally seeing a glimmer of light in our grim fairy tale. We were one step closer to finding our big bad wolf, but would we find him before he wrote another chapter in his twisted story? The clock was still ticking, the city was still waiting, and our story was far from over. We were in the middle of our tale and we had to ensure it ended in our favor. Bob, we've got to do something different. Lisa broke the silence of our late night stakeout. She was right. Despite our breakthrough, we were no closer to our killer. You remember that joke you told me when we first met? I asked suddenly. About the rain? Lisa laughed. You mean why does it always rain on you? Yeah, I smiled looking at her. We need to remember, Lisa, that behind the dark clouds there's still sunshine. We'll find this guy, I promise. But as we shared that moment, I couldn't shake off the feeling that our killer was watching us, mocking us. As if to confirm my worst fears, another victim was found the next morning. This time the staging was even more grotesque, an even darker twist on the fairy tale narrative. The victim was found in the heart of the city, a grim spectacle for all to see. The city was on the brink of hysteria. I could feel the desperation in the air, the pleas for safety, for an end to the madness. Our killer was no longer just targeting individuals. He was terrorizing the entire city. And he was succeeding. In the midst of the chaos, Lisa found a connection. All the victims were part of the same therapy group, the one we had been investigating. We had been right in the heart of it all along. 
and SWL we discovered was the initial of a psychiatrist associated with the group. Suddenly it all made sense. The golden locket, the therapy group member, the fairy tales. We finally saw the horrifying picture our killer was painting. But it was too late. The city was held hostage by fear, and another chapter in the killer's twisted tale had already been written. As we raced to catch up, I felt a chilling dread. With the city on the edge and our killer still at large, the pressure was greater than ever. Lisa and I were on the verge of breaking but holding on for the city, for justice. Could we save the city from its living nightmare? Are you afraid, Bob? Lisa asked me as we stalked the near-empty streets of the city. Fear had driven its citizens indoors. The city that never slept was now a ghost town. No, I lied. Fear is what he wants, what he feeds on. We won't give him that satisfaction. Yet as we walked I could feel the shadows creeping in, the eerie silence feeding my fears. Our killer was out there, somewhere watching, waiting to pen his next gruesome tale. Our walk led us to an old abandoned building, rumored to be haunted, the perfect setting for a fairy tale. The icy wind howled around us, each gust a warning, a premonition. Inside we found a chilling surprise, a red cloak, a broken locket, and traces of our missing therapy group member. But he was nowhere to be found. Had our big bad wolf claimed another victim? As we stood in the heart of the haunting scene, I realized this was far from over. Our killer had given us a glimpse into his twisted mind, and it was far darker than we could ever imagine. We'll get him, Bob. Lisa's voice broke through my thoughts, her conviction echoing in the hollow building. I know we will, Lisa, I responded, mirroring her determination. We're the only ones who can. But as we exited the haunting building, our path lit only by the moon, I couldn't shake off the feeling that our tale was just beginning. Our killer was still out there, a phantom in the night, his identity a mystery. And as long as he was free, the city would be trapped in his grim fairy tale. And so we reached the end of this chapter of Darkly Ever After. But rest assured, my friends, the tale is far from over. Our heroes, Detective Bob and Lisa, remain locked in this deadly dance with a faceless terror. In the heart of the city, the shadows deepen, and fear seizes its inhabitants. The silence is punctuated only by the ghastly reminder of the fairy tale killer's chilling work. Yet, amid this dark and grim narrative, the light of determination and courage continues to flicker. Bob and Lisa stand resolute in their quest to unmask this monster. They promise a city held captive by fear, a resolution, an end to this living nightmare. And we, as silent observers of this eerie tale, wait with bated breath, hoping, praying for their victory against the big bad wolf. Join us next time as we delve further into the darkness, seeking answers, unraveling clues, and hoping against hope for the end of this macabre fairy tale. Good night, and remember not all fairy tales have happy endings.